0: Welcome back for part number two of He Said, She Said, where I have Veronica Clark and Justin DeWitt, a partner couple and relationship coaches who are going to share more with you about staying connected, self care, and all of the tools that go into creating a healthy relationship when you're 60% of the time apart, 40% of the time together. Check the show notes if you didn't listen to part one you'll want to go back and listen to that first. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your first class life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and I cannot imagine any other lifestyle. Yes, there's no doubt it's a mix of turbulence and blue skies but what life isn't. I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife survival guide and checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife life.
1: So when a couple has been married for a while, there needs to be some understanding of, I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here to finally say to you everything that I've been holding, withholding. I've been, I'm here to share all of my silent prayers that I have for this relationship and for myself as a woman or as a man. And I'm here to just share all of that and I don't want to be judged for it. Although it's so easy, especially when you've been in the relationship for a long time, that there's going to be some judgment about, it. like, you know, so so it's like there's this agreement of before I share any of this, I there's no judgment. Can we just stay open to hearing each other and be receptive and not take it personal? Can we do that? Can we agree to that? Yes, we can agree. Awesome. Now we can move forward and, and move into the renegotiation. But if that primary agreement that initial agreement of can I speak can I speak without you interrupting me can I speak without you taking it personal and and making it feel like I'm attacking you and just say everything I've been wanting to say can I do that yes thank you and then you go into this is what I desire for the relationship this is what I desire for me this is what my fear is this is the support this is the boundary and and you you do that, and then you get to hear the other person express back to you. You know what did you hear me say? And when people have been married for a long time, you know it's easy to get into these habits where maybe we're communicating, we're not making eye contact, or you're communicating and you're like, you know, you're overseas or something like that. You know, and we're 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 doing these things that are really fast, and instead. This renegotiation is trying to renegotiate from a place of heart and a place of soul and being present with each other. And actually, even if you're not like sitting in front of each other, having this conversation that you are on FaceTime or you're making some kind of eye contact or you're doing something to be able to say, I'm with you. I am paying attention to you. And then repeating back to your partner what you heard them say. This is a fundamental piece or being able to renegotiate, because it's like, I need to know that you actually heard me. Did you hear my heart? I want to connect with you. I want to connect with myself. Did you hear me? And there's this, especially when you've been married and been together for a long time, that can be so healing. Because sometimes that's all we've been waiting for, is to be heard by our partner, to know that our partner really hears us. That goes beyond all the money and all the lavish and all the Everything else that they provide, to you
2: hear me? Absolutely. And, and to that, if I can add one thing, mm-hmm. what she's talking about with the do you hear me? She's not asking, do you understand? She's not asking, can you relate? Like I, you know, I've had many women that I have dated and and women I have actually been in relationship with over the years who've had sexual trauma. And they've opened up to me about this. And I can't relate. I can't even comprehend what that's like. I I have no means by with by which to relate. But I can but I can listen. And I can understand and love from a place of I don't understand what you're going through. I I can't comprehend what that's like. But I understand that it's real for you. And I understand that in this moment. You need to just be heard and not judged. And, you know, again, it's not always about being able to understand. It's about being able to create safety for those conversations that are difficult to take place without judgment. That's the true vulnerability of intimacy. Intimacy is vulnerability and is that acceptance. Like when you really are intimate with someone, you can have those conversations and not judge, to love them as much for these amazing, wonderful experiences they've had, as well as the scars they may bear from these horrific experiences or trials or whatever they've been through. So that's what real intimacy is.
0: Yeah. So that brings up a question um, about fixing. So I love the piece on just hearing you can't relate and you can't fix. And I know as women, and this may just be something we make up too, because I know I always laugh with my adult daughter. I'm a fixer with her stuff. It's like, I've learned with her, if she brings me something, I have to say, am I just listening today? Or are you looking for advice? And we laugh about it now, but it's true because, and especially as a mom, it's like, let me fix that for you kind of thing. And she's 26. So it's not like she's a little kid anymore, but so that's a big part too. I think of the partnership and I think women feel this. And I this could be a story I'm making up. So please correct me. But I think often we hesitate to bring something to our partner because that's all we're looking for is listening and they want to fix it. So There's I would sense. love your feedback on that.
2: Well, the the term that I use, so, so Veronica and I may have be having a conversation and you said it beautifully, you know, am I just listening or am I here to fix? I, I don't use that exact terminology. What I She'll be sharing with me and I'll ask her, I'll say, are you, are you complete at this time? And, and that doesn't mean the conversation's over, it's just asking if she's done with her statement. And then I'll ask her, would you like a reflection? Are you open to a reflection? Um, because sometimes I might be able to give her some insight that maybe is from a perspective that she isn't aware of. Um, and, but I'm asking for permission effectively to give her that reflection. Um, these relationships that we're in, these are like laboratories. If, if the best relationships are the relationships where you're creating together in that laboratory and it's a safe place for you to explore yourself, your personal development, your hobbies, your passions, and a place to heal the stuff that maybe you went through in a past relationship or childhood trauma or whatever it is, those that The relationship container, that laboratory, is probably the most powerful container that one can enter to, to continue their personal development, to be a better person than they were the day before. I, for me, it's amazing.
0: So then what are your thoughts around, because this is a big part of it too, and, and where things have changed over time, certainly with phones and texting and email and the written word. Because as we all know, with the written word, the only person who puts context in it is the reader initially, not the person who necessarily is writing and sending this written correspondence. And I know just even from business relationships, I have a 24-hour rule. If something comes into me and it strikes me even sort of wrong, I sit on it for 24 hours. I don't fire back a response or whatever. And I think there's a real tendency in relationships, especially something comes in that's short or curt or accusatory in our mind. And we make up a story about it and then it just creates all this conflict. So what are your thoughts around, you know, boundaries and how much texting written should go on when it's any kind of, um, I don't even want to say conflict, but maybe conflict and, or, um,
1: a need for connection, that type thing. I would say, very limited. If if it's an if it's more intense conversation, something that needs the care and time, be very sparse on the on the texting. You know, our our relationship is worth taking the time to, you know, to make the call, to you know, to do a a quick FaceTime if that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this happened with Justin and I just um, just last week and we were making a decision about more travel and so forth and i i i could feel the the oh the like oh my gosh i want to have this kind of conversation with him in person mm-hmm. i'm i'm not going to text something to him where i'm like i know i need to have a conversation and um and so i i even asked him and we don't use facetime all of the time but so when we have like these kind of conversations where i really need to see you i need you to feel my heart in this because this is a this is a conversation that it that is requiring that, then we take that time. And Justin um, was on a work site and you know took the time to have that conversation. And I was parked in a car right outside of my next you know session, and you know we just we just went right there and had our our our, um, our FaceTime conversation. Now, what we'll do because we are busy and and life is happening rapidly that we will take. Um, we will agree to a certain amount of time that we're going to spend during that conversation. So for instance, we might say, okay, you have 15 minutes, or do you have 10 minutes? I'm just going to talk with you. I need to talk to you about this. And one of the things that we do in advance of that is, um, and this was a learned process for us, is that we kind of, we have to think about whatever it is on our own and kind of go through the story process and all that. And you know maybe write down or have the conversation in our head with with each other before we actually have it in person um so that when we are together in that 10 15 minutes that it's like good gems and nuggets like we are speaking right from our heart it's like that time is like real estate right we we know that we don't have a lot of time and this is very valuable so we need to make the most of it and um and so it's a practice, but have difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations or decision-making kind of conversations, not on text. A relationship is worth more than that. And set a time parameter around that so that it can be really potent. And you can feel good about being able to get off of the call and you don't feel like, oh my gosh, there was more things I really wanted to say. You already both have an agreement you're like, yes, I'm going to say everything during this time. And then when there's time later, maybe the next day or something, then you can come back to the conversation if there's other pieces that need to be had. Um, but at least you feel good and you feel heard during that time. that, that makes sense?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Justin, anything you want to
1: add?
2: Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I have. Uh... One of the tools that has helped me the most, I can't speak for Veronica, but it's something that I have made a personal practice of mine, is let's say that we have, hypothetically, I get triggered, or I have a bad day at work, or I, whatever goes wrong. I'm just not in a good place. I'm dealing with my old patterns, my old insecurities, any of that stuff. And what happens to most of us is we get home from that bad work day, or or we have that trigger take place, and we immediately have an emotional response and we throw that back at our partner. And all of a sudden they become out of obligation, which never makes anyone feel good, but they become our therapist. They, mm. they resent the conversation. They're like, they're like, you know, like, why are you upset? Why are you yelling at me? I, I'm not your boss at work. So the practice that I use all the time, I use it not daily, but almost is if something goes wrong during my day, co-worker issue, or even something about Veronica and I's relationship, I will have a conversation with myself in the truck. The truck kind of becomes my little therapy capsule. And I say everything I need to say as if Veronica is sitting in the seat or that co-worker is sitting in the seat next to me so that I can say the unspeakable. I can really just vent everything out. And as I'm doing it, i the, the practice is be self-aware of what I'm saying. So that when I come home to her, I don't just throw all that stuff and react emotionally. I let all the emotion out in the truck. If I wanted to swear or or scream or something, I do it there where I'm not going to, to hurt anyone. Right. And then when I come home, a lot of times by then I go, I've had this realization. And so the energy. When I come into the house and I go to tell her about my day is totally different because instead of bringing her all that bad energy, what I'm bringing her is, oh my gosh, you won't believe what I, I had this breakthrough while I went driving home in the truck and I was doing some, you know, unfinished conversation with John from work. And I realized that it wasn't even him. Like it was my own expectation. And I was upset that my expectations were, were not met but I didn't properly set them. And now I realize that I can totally fix this relationship, or I can do better on this project, or that I can do better with Veronica. And so I'm now bringing her something positive, this self-growth thing. And now she's not my therapist, she's my cheerleader. She can be like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And then we can, she can encourage me or tell me that she's proud of me. And it completely changes the dynamic of a conversation that would otherwise be a catastrophe. So yeah. that's what that's what I do. I do that all the time.
0: I love that. It reminds me of one of my favorite lines from Shrek, the movie where he says, "Better out than in," I always say. It's, and it's the yeah. scene with Fiona where she passes gas after, yeah. you know, they're just yeah, together, yeah. and she's like, "Ah, and he's like, you know, trying to make her feel better, yeah. But that line <laughs> is so relevant to all of that. Like, you know, better out than in, like, don't suppress stuff, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, it it fits in with that. And if you can vent it and get it out, get all the venom. And the hate and the ugliness out of yourself first, Mm -hmm. but it's just that release. And then that gives you the ability to have a whole new feeling when you go into the next conversation with the person that matters.
1: Absolutely. You know, I want to add one thing to that. I love that better out than in. It just reminds me of the, the absolute need for individual self-care when you, when you're apart from each other. So for instance, when, when Justin and I are not together, my self-care, I'm very diligent about taking care of myself, making sure that I'm well-balanced. I, I worked out this morning, then I went to yoga for 90 minutes. I like, you know, do all of the things to keep my energy really elevated, right? And, I, and to feel good. Um, if cup, I, I highly recommend if a couple is struggling or not struggling, Like, have a therapist or have somebody that you talk to. So that way you can process those kinds of things with somebody who you trust. Like, if that's part of the self care thing that's going to be necessary, so that when you do come back together, you're going to show up strong and not show up depleted or show up feeling like, you know, I mean, it's not going to feel good if Justin comes home and I'm like, oh my God, I've just needed you all this time. And I've been complaining. And oh my God, you haven't been here. I mean, it's just like not juicy. It's not sexy. You know, it's just, it, it doesn't, and it can create so much more distance than connection. So make sure that you are doing everything that you need as an individual to take care of yourself, have the communication, do all of the things that you need so that when you get together with your beloved, that you can both be really full, Absolutely. full.
0: Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. One of my biggest things is I don't ever want to be needy. And by that I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't have needs and I don't right. have, you know, desires to be met and all that, but I don't ever want to come across as I'm incapable of even sort of taking care of myself. So, I love that.
1: Well, and then that's that's where that goes back to of like, you know, if you are feeling like you're needy and you are expecting your partner even unconsciously to fix you or to make it better. If I need Justin to come home and I need him to do all these things for me because I wasn't able to do it for myself and I have some unconscious expectation that he's supposed to be here and now I'm resentful because he's been traveling and, you know, he's, you know, in this instance of you're a pilot and you're gone all the time. Well, and I'm still sitting at home and I'm waiting for you and my life doesn't start until, you know, you're home, you know, that's, those are, those are some really, those are some unconscious behaviors that can be contributing to, to, to infidelity, unfortunately, it can, you know, because it's a lot of pressure and a lot of burden that we can put onto our partners if we have unrealistic, unspoken expectations of them and our energy is clinging and we need from them. And we're trying to, you know, get our needs met in this way that they really can't meet for us they can meet us in different ways that's why that self care though is 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 really paramount so
2: well the cycle is is that self care breeds confidence if i'm taking care of myself you know intellectually spiritually and physically then the more i do that the more confident i will be the number one thing that women find attractive in men and men find attractive in women you know is is confidence and neediness is the absolute opposite of confidence. And so there's a difference between needs and neediness, but the self-care is the key to the whole thing. Because if you're if you're doing your self-care, if you're if you're managing yourself, then your partner doesn't have to feel like they have a homework assigned. You're not their homework assigned.
1: Okay. So You know, I know I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I just want to to say something because we are touching on a, on a kind of complex sub like point here and we won't have time to, to unravel all of it. But we were just in a, um, we were just teaching a, a, a workshop and had like, I don't know, maybe, you know, 20, 20 people, 20 couples in there. And, um, you know, one of the women brought up, well, you know, we're talking a lot about this individual self, but what about the needs that we can fulfill within the relationship and the, and, and being able to have our needs met within the relationship. And, and I just want to be really clear that the needs that can be met within the relationship, which is that, that companionship, that deep connection, that deep intimacy, um, the, the, the nurturing, the, the touch, the, you know, just this level of care that comes from a relationship and being in this container of relationship, um, is very different than, you know, building this, the, the self-confidence and, you know, taking care of your physical body or taking care of your energetic body. Um, you know, being able to keep your vessel clear, so that when you meet your beloved in the relationship that again you are filled up that you can go into the deep connection and through the touch and and through the loving eye contact and all of those things because you feel good about yourself you feel a trust for yourself and when you can feel a confidence and a love for yourself you are also going to be able to like you know trust your partner more you're going to trust you're going to have more communication that's going to be like babe i love you i hope that you you know are seeing something beautiful while you're while you're traveling and you're flying and i can't wait till you come home and we get to make love and i bought this you know beautiful lingerie and i can't wait to wear it for you and you know while you're gone during this time i'm going to be you know i'm going to do this and you know i'm going to be dancing and you know, it's, it's just a very different thing. So, have fun taking care of yourself. Have fun seeing beauty while your partner is not with you. And then, you know, one other thing that, that Justin and I do, and Justin, you do such a beautiful job of this. When he's out, and he's out in Utah, and he's like, babe, I can, you know, the mountains look like this, and the sun is just cascading down, and I can see the light, and these flowers are just blossoming. And, It gives me an opportunity to be there with him in that. And, you know, he'll send pictures or I'll send pictures of the cats or we'll send pictures to each other to like, it's just this loving, loving weaving, like I'm okay while you're gone and I love you and I can't wait to see you, but I'm also, I'm really good. I'm holding things down over here. That makes each other excited to come to be with one another again. Cause it's not like a drag, like, you know, like, oh, we're going to like, oh, they've been grumpy and they've been projecting and they've been, it's just a totally different feel. So
0: I, that's a, such a good point and brings me to an important question and I would love your thoughts on it. And that is one of the things that comes up very often is, and I know, I I was guilty of this. I I still remember the day I said to my husband growling um, because I was home taking care of the two little kids and he was off whatever. And he, you know, well, it must be nice being you being in a nice hotel room and ordering room service and channel surfing, watching whatever you want while I'm home and the tree fell on the house and knocked out the electricity and the garage door fell off the rails and all of this. And I remember him kind of being like, are you kidding? Like I was in Des Moines last night. I mean, (laughs) I'm not picking on Des Moines, but it wasn't like he was on the beach. And I mean, I worked in aviation, so I know that like it's easy to visualize that they have this total resort glamour lifestyle. And you know what? Sometimes they do. And in my mind, they earn that because the rest of the time when they're sprinting through an airport and they've got 190 angry passengers because they've had the door closed and they've sat on the tarmac and now they've had to pull back into the gate and, you know, all this stuff that everybody experiences. They experience that too. They may be getting paid for it, but it doesn't lessen the anxiety of dealing with everybody talking in their ear about this and that. So, a a question that comes up a lot is: I hate getting his pictures. When I say he, it could be either way, but because I'm a female, I'm vocalizing it from that perspective. But I hate seeing the picture of him with the whole crew, you know, drinking mai tais on the beach in Miami, and I'm at home where it's snowing, and I don't, I don't like seeing all that. So, how would you? Um, coach on that in terms of maybe yeah. seeing that from a different viewpoint.
1: Me. me, I want to say something about that. <laughs> I want to say something because it really is a mindset. Mm-hmm. It's really a mindset. And whenever I even feel any trickles of like, getting jealous or something, or like, oh, Justin gets to go and do these things. And he's got this amazing, you know, showroom at the Lamborghini dealership and he's doing all these cool things, right? Like I, I just really focus on how much I love him and want him, want the best for this being. I think of him, not just like as my beloved or somebody, but like, what would I want for any person? I want him to be Happy. I want him to experience joy. I want him to be around people who are happy or, or that are like successful and that make him feel more elevated. I want those things for him. I want him to feel good wherever he's going or, you know, to be at least in this balanced homeostatic state. You know, I wouldn't want him to feel sucky and down and depressed or lonely or isolated. I want the absolute opposite what would I want for like anybody, my children or for, for myself. And when I look at it from that point and I zoom out from me and I look at him, I'm like, what do I, what will help him to be so elevated and feel so lifted and feel good and have bright eyes and to have a bright smile? Like, that's what I want for him. So when I think of, when I see that stuff, I get to cheer him on like rock on, and I know he's gonna come home to me like so much more filled up, and that is so attractive. Mm-hmm. I am so turned on by that. I am so turned on by my man being like wow. oh, like on top of the world, so all of the other people that can be in his life that will add value I cheer them on, I cheer them on, I celebrate those successes and you know, that support and love of him.
2: That, that is so beautiful. First of all, I got to say, thank you so much, baby. I love, thank you for saying that. And thank you for not just saying it, but for doing it because she really does celebrate with me, my successes. And that's something we do for, for each other. It's something that will help any relationship is to just celebrate the successes together. But again, what you were talking about, Jackie, is it comes back to the mindset. That, that what story am I telling myself? You're telling yourself that he's on the beach in Miami and you're stuck in the snow. You know? So Veronica is just looking at it from a different point of view in the way that she expressed that. I, I, read, a, I read an article, it was a, a hawaii.edu article about love and connection, and it was really interesting. And I, I've looked for it since and can't find it, but it has one of the best definitions in it of unconditional love that I have ever read. And it's super simple. And it just says this. It says, when someone's happiness is tied directly to yours, that is unconditional love. So when Veronica is happy, like watching her express what she did 30 seconds ago, and seeing the happiness as she expressed it made me happy. That compersion that like, I love seeing her dance, because I know that she loves it. And to watch her express that way is, is magic for me to watch her teach and just be glowing with a huge smile is magic for me. So I tell myself the story. If I ever have any doubts, I tell myself the story of just like, I can only imagine how much fun she's having right now. You know, what's the conversation she must be having or, you know, like, I wonder What the weather's like on the beach today? It's got to be beautiful, and I tell myself this story of amazing, wonderful things, and it makes everything better.
0: Yeah, and I think that energy. My biggest thing always has been, I want to give him a reason to want to come home to me, so he can be having a great time or doing whatever, wherever with whoever. But at the end of it, I want his anticipation of being home with me and in our life to be stronger, to where he can feel great. And then like you said, Veronica, bring that strong energy home. That's Absolutely. ready to be home in an elevated state.
1: Yes. And, and make sure you're not focusing too much on what your partner is doing. Like there's a, there's a healthy way to like celebrate your partner and also not be like This is real delicate, not fixating on, oh, they're not here and what are they doing and not bypassing into, I'm going to celebrate them, but you're really not like, don't focus so much on what they're doing. Make sure that there's also, you're focusing and investing in yourself. Just like you said, you want to, you want to make it so that he wants to come home, but like, and what are you creating, you know, in, in that time? Like, look at this, look at all of this beauty that I've been creating also while you've been creating for us and bringing home, look what I've been doing. Let me show you all of the things that I have been doing as well. This is what I've been in creation with. This is what I am bringing forth. And again, that's going to lead to that more um, polarity, more sexual connection and more energy, that attraction, because it's like you're both bringing something to the table. It can be different whether you're taking care of the kids or, and you're, you know, and and the husband's out, you know, he's flying someplace or vice versa or whatever. Like what are you doing? And then knowing, knowing that that's going to contribute to what it is that you're both co creating together. So having a really healthy mindset and healthy balance and really, really feeling good about yourself and what you're doing is super duper important.
2: Well, one of the, I I love that. I absolutely love that. And that's part of that celebration that I was talking about earlier, Um, sharing what we've created, whether it be a painting or some other task or the garden or even even what we're wearing. Like, let me give you, it's a magnifier. So let me give you an example. Let's say that I spent all day long cleaning the kitchen cabinets and going through the drawers. I organized the silverware. Everything's clean. Everything's wiped down. And I feel I stand back and I look at it, and I'm like, "Hell yeah! Look at this. is amazing." What's the first thing I want to do when she walks through the door? I want to be like, "Oh my gosh! You got to see this. You got to come see this. Look what I did!" And I open the silverware drawer, and everything's all perfect. And it makes what I worked on all day. It, it just magnifies it. I want to share it with her. I want to celebrate it with her. And so. I think that that's something that we miss out on. A lot of times we miss out on those opportunities to celebrate our successes because we're too fixated on the wrong things. Partnership is an amazing opportunity to celebrate our own successes.
0: Yeah. So I want to circle back to um, military families because we talked a lot about, you know, I I focus more on airline because that's more my background, but I've got a lot of military families who listen as well and deployments, long-term deployments. So talk a little bit about, I mean, I know that you had talked about Veronica earlier on, you know, a 10-day absence, whatever, but when we're talking about six months or more um, with no opportunity to change that, what, how would you advise
1: in that regard? I'm going to take a deep breath on this one, Mm. because you know it really it really depends on the relationship. there's not a one way to address the needs of a relationship. and so for some relationships, it may be that they that they're monogamous and that's what they're choosing into is just a, you know I'm going to maintain my monogamy. I'm t- maintaining that. this is the construct of the relationship and um, and so they may have to get really creative in their self-pleasure practices, in their, you know, sharing videos with each other, um, you know, really being like putting energy into maintaining that connection and that sexual connection, because with that much time apart, that is going to, that, that we're biologically we have these needs. So it's like, we have to make sure that we're really creative. So it could be that they might be self-pleasuring together on the video that they might just send, you know, special videos to each other. I've, I've done that for Justin before, you know, I mean, it's just these little fun, little things that can really keep that energy between them and the anticipation and the longing and the desire and the hope. Um, and, and so in other relationships, you know, and here's the other thing I want to add to that, because some some people may feel very conservative in their relationship and they might even feel like this isn't how I conduct myself. And maybe they don't think it's appropriate or they don't feel comfortable and there's no judgment in any of it. But you know, when, when we, when we really want to make a relationship last and we want the, we, we want, we've got to get out of um, like maybe the habits of the way things we think they're supposed to be. And you have to regularly, um, you have to check in, like, how do I get, how do I push my edges here? How do I push my edges? How do I become, um, how do I do something that's different? That's actually going to be leading to this relationship. Um, and you know, the other thing, and I, and I want to say this because I recognize that and I'm, I'm saying this with a little bit of trepidation and with great, great deal of respect to all, with all relationships. But I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that not all couples are choosing to be monogamous, but that in an extended situation like this, that they may agree. And this is only, I would only ever recommend this if they have agreed to this in the relationship that perhaps they would have another partner to be sexual with if that is in their agreements to ever do it behind each other's backs, it's 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 that's poison to the relationship, it's poison to their spirit. It is just it's poison. But but I I have had couples where whether it's you know the husband or you know there's been long distance, there's been separation, there's been illness, there's been, you know, um, a handicap of some kind, you know, that they have said, you know what, I will have, I can have a partner, both of which they consent to, and it will be just for this specific thing, just for, you know, sexual ease and satisfaction, you know, and so, like I said, that's a, that's another conversation that might be a brand new thing for many people, but I think that it's very important when we're saying those unsayable things to actually speak what's really true in your heart and if that's something that you even want to do, and are too afraid, or you think you might do it if your partner is not there. You don't want to, you don't want to poison the relationship to just have the conversation, although it might be uncomfortable. It could actually be more freeing and even lead to more creative ways of relating together.
2: I totally agree. Yeah, I would much rather have my partner bring that conversation up and talk about it beforehand. Then I can choose in, I can choose out, but I still have a choice at that point. When someone someone cheats or there's infidelity, there's no choice for me anymore. I'm now in that relationship under false pretenses. And that becomes the poison that Veronica is talking about. Another thing is, I, I come from a law enforcement and military family. Like I, I never served, but but both sides of my family are completely full of law enforcement, and military, first responders, and and so I get to hear a lot of stories. I have a lot of uh, uh, coaching students and and uh, mentors that are military, and so I I've had some some very deep looks. At what it means to be deployed and what these uh, men and women go through. And one of the things they talk about uh, being, you know, outside of their partner, what they talk about helping them a ton is uh, focusing on their children, you know, uh, focusing on the uh, other people around them, having a support system of friends, neighbors, family, um, people to you know, so that they can still have normalcy as much normalcy in their life as possible and really having a good struct good support structure of friends and family And it when when these people both the people who are deployed and the people who stay don't have a good support system in place that's when you see a lot of of uh heartache and a lot it's a lot harder so just build that support system Ask for help if you need it. Don't, don't try and be the martyr and do everything yourself. Like, like it's actually I've had, you know, I've had military friends of mine ask me for help. And it's actually an honor for me. Like I'm like, hell yeah. Like, thank you for asking and giving me the opportunity to support you. Like if I can't, I can't exercise and practice being charitable or you know, doing some service or just even being a, a a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen. If no one ever asks, if the opportunity is not brought up, so reach out to the people that are around you. They they care and they want to help.
1: Good. Well, before we wrap up, this has been
0: so awesome. Um, I'm going to start with you, Justin. What would you say your top three tips for relationships would be when you're apart for a long time, like you two? And others experience.
2: Top three tips. Um, I would say the number one tip is is make time like in the world of connectivity that we live in now, we're more connected than any time in human history. Having FaceTime and Zoom and even a telephone to be able to communicate with the people we love. I mean, there is no excuse to not create healthy little practices like Veronica and I, not a single day goes by. That we don't say a good morning to each other and a good night at the end of the day we bookend our day with um investing in our relationship um we uh so that would that would be my first one um the second one is set proper boundaries for yourself i think that um knowing what i want for myself the type of man that i want to be is what i'm talking about like I want to be the hero of my own story. I want to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of myself. I want my queen to be proud of me. And so I try and show up that way every day, being just a little tiny bit better than I was the day before. And and so again, that comes back to all those those investments in self, the personal development. But um, those two things help me a lot. And I do miss her, but when I miss her, it's kind of that absence. It's actually kind of fun missing someone, as long as that missing doesn't doesn't start to fester and turn into something ugly. Like, it's so much fun for her to, you know, meet me at the airport or for me to pick her up and, you know, have her come run and jump into my arms because we haven't seen each other in seven days. Like, that's amazing. Um, but when it's gone almost three weeks, we went, we went, uh, 21 days and it's only an hour flight between, you know, where where we're at, it's hour and 15 minutes. So, um, going those longer periods of time, we really start to feel the effects of that. So that's why we kind of set the standards within our own relationship. And we negotiate each of those out and we say, Hey, this, this isn't working for me. Can we change that dance? So. Negotiating things is also another big one. So those are things I would say. All right.
1: Um, For me, I think it was, you know, the self-care is a really important piece. So make sure that you are really investing in that in the self-care of truly, truly wanting to elevate yourself to be the very best that you can be for yourself and also for your relationship and just to be an amazing human being like be the very best that you possibly can be. So, self-care that really is going to enhance and enrich you is is important. And you can do that while you're traveling even though it's, you know, might be challenging. There's always ways to take good care of yourself in a really loving and nurturing nurturing way. So, self-care is optimal. Um the other thing is to be mindful about the words that you're speaking into your relationship and what you're saying to your partner. So, you know, even if there has been that time apart and this goes back to that using the empty seat or, you know, doing the aspecting, having those conversations. Like if I have this precious time together with my, with my beloved, I want to be mindful about the, what I'm saying. I want to be investing in the relationship instead of extracting it and like leaving these unsavory kind of like concerns or worries. So just keep seeing the person that you're with as, as a beautiful individual who you love and who you get to be in partnership with and, um, and value that, t- that you're with them. And then the third thing, like have fun. Just try to have as much fun as you can try to loosen up and lighten up. And even when stuff gets like difficult and you've been apart and you're might be frustrated, there's always, there's always a way to bring more laughter and more levity into the situation and into your relationship and like be goofy with each other. And if it's not something you're used to doing, maybe try it on, you know, like do something to like, shift, anything that makes you feel rigid and stuck or tight or contracted, like just find a way to loosen up because when you do that and you bring more of the light and levity to the relationship, it's just, it's going to magnify it. And it's going to make it, it's going to make it better for both of you. It's going to make it better for both of you. And that will make a huge difference when there's time apart, because you have those beautiful experiences of laughter and joy and connection that you get to wrap around you like a warm blanket and you can feel secure. You can feel elevated and lifted while you're apart. Come back together again, all over again.
2: Fun is always fun. So we need more fun. (laughs) It's
0: true. It's at at the top of my value list. So I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Laughing feels good.
0: Yes. Well, thank you both for being here. I definitely appreciate it. I know the audience is going to get a ton of value out of it. So how do we, they
1: learn more about you? Yeah. So, um, they can reach out to both of us actually on my website. It's Veronica Um, our events are posted there. And we have just like some, I have meditations and all kinds of other things, but there's more information about how to coach with us, either individually. Um, we, we typically will coach separate, um, but we teach our workshops together. Um, some online, some upcoming online workshops that we'll be holding are also on that website. So it's veronicalynclark.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at veronicalclark.
0: And I'll have all that in the show notes. So it'll Perfect. be easy to find if you're walking, driving as you listen to this. Yeah. Cool. Well, again, thank you both. I definitely appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thank That's- you, Jackie.
1: What a gift. Mm. Bye.
2: <laughs> thank you so, thank you so much. It was great to see you too, love. <laughs> great so to see, see you, people.
1: baby. You look so great. Yeah. I love that light you on you. Look, <laughs> you look I fantastic. Behind you. Ooh, 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 looking good. Oh,
2: thank you, baby. <laughs>
0: Wow, wow, wow. So much great stuff. And I think you see why I started at the introduction sharing with you why this was going to be such a fantastic show for you to listen to um, together with your partner, certainly by yourself individually, and then come back together and talk about it. So this was the wrap up of part two. And uh, I welcome any questions or comments, and I will see you on the next show. I am a mindset and peak performance coach. So I work mostly with women to help them rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose and create that better flight plan, avoid that turbulence and put their own oxygen mask on first. So if you are interested in having a discussion with someone who's been a pilot wife for over 33 years, navigating thousands of miles and moments of life in aviation, along with mommyhood and business, schedule a call with me go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.